Hey guys, just want to let you know about Joe Shrimp Shack. Joe Shrimp Shack has a prestigious line of shrimp. Yeah. At joeshrimpshack.com. Pick them out. You know, get 5, 15, 20. I, I made a m- mistake here. This is this is me learning. And this whole podcast you're going to hear in a little bit is going to be all our mistakes and what we learned. My mistake is I decided to mix my shrimp. Get a little bit of everything. Well, they don't really thrive as the colony. So pick your favorite and build upon them. Get a nice number. And these shrimp will breed. They will socialize. It's like a whole, you know, buzzing bee colony. So certainly go to sh- Joe's Shrimp Shack. Dot com to Do pick it. out your favorite bees. Do it. Right. Use promo code AquariumGuys for 10% at checkout. That's 10% off. 10% off? No, we don't charge extra for promo codes. That's generally not how it's done. Oh, I think I was taking on Amazon then. I paid extra. It's a fantastic place to get shrimp. JoeShrimpShack.com. He is in the metro of Minnesota, down closer to Minneapolis in Plymouth, Minnesota. Certainly check him out. Fantastic shrimp shipped to your door. And also our charity spotlight, the Ohio Fish Rescue. Big Rich. They have been busy this last couple weeks. What have they been doing? They have purchased two 20-foot tanks from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. They were on the uh, an episode of Tanked. Certainly so, so didn't they're last very long. Them the right way. <laughs> so they are they've hauled or are hauling. I, I got to keep up with this stuff, right? Oh, wait, so my my question is: So they getting this out of Las Vegas? Did they win them? They did not, but they got them for a heck of a steal. So they so they purchased them from the Bellagio. No, they purchased them from a third party because the Bellagio just got rid of them. Really? Yeah, but you can go on his web, uh, website. You can go to his YouTube channel and find out more about it. All the help that they've had moving it over, and it, they're just ecstatic to get these tanks i mean i keep picking on them that they're finally going to hit a hundred thousand gallons in their house but uh, we'll see what exactly happens go to ohio fish rescue on youtube like subscribe and above all else you know buy a t-shirt give them some love call them their numbers on the website ohiofishrescue.com and uh, send them money they're gonna need it that those were not cheap tanks i would just send them some poker chips you know maybe they can double down double down they're already back from vegas though they're back from vegas how come we don't get invited to vegas Oh, that's right. I don't I think, think they were invited. They were like, just buy our tanks. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I thought maybe they were high rollers or something. There's a future in this. We'll yes. just have to go for like a fish expo or something. Sounds good. Let's kick that podcast. Do it. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys podcast with your hosts, Tim Colby and Rob Zolson. Hello. Hello, Adam. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Aquarium Guys podcast. Today, I think I just got to do a bunch of censoring. So uh, today we are talking about our greatest mistakes of all time. Like that has to do with the fish hobby, of course, because we can talk about you know people's ex-wives all the time. But we're talking about <laughs> fish. This is a fish podcast, Jimmy. Got to calm down. I know one of my first biggest mistakes was uh, when I introduced myself to you at the grocery store. It was your fault. You saw a guy buying 10,000 gallons of RO You could have just been like, he's just buying the plastic for some reason. Yeah. Maybe he's making a collection in his yard. I should have just kept on walking and I'd have this night free, wouldn't I? You would, but now it's all over and we're we're hosting to people. So I am Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam Elnishar. And we are the Aquarium Guys here to uh, share our mistakes in this podcast. So let's put it this way. We're not going to just share our mistakes for the sake of, oh, we screwed up. We want you to learn from our screw-ups and really explain what we learned. This is to benefit. But if this is your first podcast you're listening to, I highly recommend going back, you know, listen to them all the way from the beginning. We have a long series of uh, podcasts, even though the first one was a touch embarrassing. You know, I I listened to it uh, here last week and uh, I had some choice words. It was a whole lot of talking about nothing. 
I said like Jimmy, I just want a nut. I think was the best single <laughs> out of context line from the first wow. podcast, and so we're still on the air. Imagine we are. That. It's it's been uh, it's been a great ride, and it's been growing, man. Tell, it ha- has been. Tell we, our viewers, our viewers, <laughs> tell our listeners, listeners, where we're at. Well, I mean, we're we're about fifteen thousand listens in. Yeah, and we started this in September. It's now January. In the dead of cold, in the dead of winter in Minnesota, I'm depressed. To give you an idea, right? I need, I need a beer. Or do you need a beer? It's On Christmas, we hit 10K, right? Thanksgiving, we hit 5K. Right, so now it is January 14th, and we're just about hitting 15K. 15,000. So I want to thank Rob's mom 14,714 times. <laughs> oh, my mom has a lot, a lot of listening to do. But anyways, start at the beginning. Work your way through and get to this podcast because this is not to discourage new aquarists. We all have issues, but we love our hobby. It's very rewarding no matter what good or bad happens. So don't take this as uh, we're trying to be negative about the hobby. We love fish and we're not going to change. Our mistakes have only strengthened our hobby. The number one reason we started this podcast is we want to encourage the younger listeners especially to get into the hobby and lose all your money because that's the American way. Right. That way, you know, Kids and adults don't have enough money for, you know, for mortgage, (laughs) drugs, you know, stuff like that. Drugs. Drugs. There's always enough money for drugs. You know that. (laughs) If you say so. Is that uh, baby powder on your face? I don't... No, it's powdered donuts. There's a little schneef right there and powdered donuts? No. (laughs) Got to stay away from the diabetes. Stay away from the diabetes stuff. I'm worried about your cholesterol. You got to eat some Cheerios. What? Are you out of breath? Calm down. Wow. All right, guys. So we got... A couple emails. Jimmy, I think you have the first email. I have an email, but I got a frog in my throat. Okay, you swallow that. And guys, the AquariumGuysPodcast.com at the bottom of the website, you'll find our contact information. You can send us an email. You can call us and leave a voice message that we will happily play over the air. Or you can go right on our Discord and message us directly. So these are emails that we try to read occasionally. Pick We pick and choose some of them. So go ahead and uh, hit me with yours, Jimmy. All right, I am ready to go. This email is from first name only. First name only. I mean, we can we can try. They've given us our contact information. It should be just normal, but I'm gonna call for their identity. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, God, I no. hate Peyton Manning. Oh, oh come on now, calm down. Calm down, everybody. And so I got this great email, and I, I think it was sent to directly me because it's so flattering. Very flattering. Very it, flattering. Read it, please. You want me to read it? All right, here we go. This is hi, Aquarium Guys crew. My name is Peyton, and I live in a small town, St. James, Minnesota. I'm 16 in just a few days, and I've been fish breeding for almost a year now. I have to start by saying that I absolutely love your podcast and you guys that put it on. You really make it a fun podcast to listen to. It's the highlight of my week each time you post a new podcast. My favorite episode is the one of breeding angelfish. It's been a dream of mine lately to start breeding angelfish, and now that is finally starting to come true. And I know it's a lot to ask, but I'm sure many others would very much appreciate if you would consider putting up two videos per week. Two videos per week? What? Who do we who do we work We get for? this a lot. I don't send you all of these emails. Two videos. Am I getting paid extra for this? Well, that's the idea, right? They they want us to do two well podcasts. He he should have put podcasts, but uh, he's sixteen. Years we old. have full time jobs. Uh, yeah, right. We, we if do. they if we can get enough in our tip jar and maybe more sponsors, we could maybe do or two videos every now and again. I mean, I got to skip my night of dancing and down at the club. I mean, we just did that two videos once for the Irish because we thought it was the mob that sent it to us. Yeah, but, we were uh, scared of that one. We'll respect the Irish. All right, I'm going to run uh, the rest of it. I know it's a lot to ask. <laughs> Adam, th- thanks for joining us, Adam. Where you been? I-, I know it's a lot to ask, but please do consider it. 
Both you and Corey from Aquarium Co-op have inspired me to start my own YouTube channel. It's called Brown Aquatics. And it would mean the world to me if I would check it out and consider subscribing. So everybody out there, write it down, Brown Aquatics, check it out. And now down to my question. I need to know your opinion. I have everything set up to start breeding angelfish, but I'm not sure what kind to get. I'm debating between double blacks and platinum blues. Platinum blues are a beautiful pure silver fish with squiggles of blue reflection to give it that blue color. And I assume you know what double blacks are. I need to know, number one, which you think is a cooler or better looking? I think I'm better looking. All right, so we, we have two questions here, essentially. Which one should he, and which one do you think is better looking? So let's start with the better looking. What do you think, Jimmy? What, A I or think, B? I think I'm the best looking of the three of us. Well, actually. I mean, I would easily imagine your face in an aquarium just, you know, suffocating. And obviously, and I am filter. the coolest. There's no doubt about that, that I am the They coolest. don't have obese angelfish, I'm sorry. Shut up. <laughs> God, A or every, B, come on now. Let's start out the new year by punching everybody in the throat. Poor Peyton. He All hasn't right. get his question answered. We're going to answer it. And he goes, which, also, number two, what do you think would sell better down here in southern Minnesota? I'm looking forward to hearing back from you and can't wait to listen to more future podcasts. P.S. Would love to listen to a squeal. What? To a squeal of angles? What's that mean? No more drunk reading your phone. No, I'm just, read it. Would love to listen to a squeal on angles or maybe... A sequel. A sequel. Sequel. That's how you pronounce out those letters. You you kids and you're abbreviating. <laughs> He's written down squeals. Poor Peyton. We'll get we'll, a, a sequel is probably coming up in the near future. We got We have a, so many more fish to do. And then he wants a podcast on Grammys and Rams. This guy's demanding. My God. I should just not send you more emails. Is he a Nazi? I mean, why am I working for this guy? No, but he needs to know which is your favorite. <laughs> my, my favorite? Of those two angels. Of those two angels, um, I'm seeing a lot of, of a lot of the blues out there right now for sale. The one thing you don't ever see is good double dark blacks. I was going to say the same thing. Blacks are a good one. Yeah, because the blacks, you can demand a little bit higher price. Um, with the blacks in a normal pet store, blacks sell very, very well. With the platinum blues, you need the correct lighting in order to sell it, and then you have to have those you know people that really are looking for that. And if he's in the Minneapolis area, right? So like uh, I don't remember where he said a Saint James, Saint James area, right? So let's just say that he's trying to sell in the Minneapolis area, right? Right. So they have a immense aquarium community of like Hmong. And the monk people just love the black. They love everything as dark, deep, as black as possible. Yep. They love the black bettas. They love the black angels, and and they really know. Um, what they like, and they and they will pay top dollar for it. So absolutely. But always check with your pet store because you have to find the source and ask what they want. We can say what we can guess, but without knowing the pet store, you know that's that's the best yeah. place to start. And the other thing I'll say too with the blacks, the blacks are not as prolific as the blues or silvers, just for the fact that that blacks have been so inbred over the years that they just don't produce the same amount, and so that's why they demand a little bit higher price because you know rather than getting three hundred, uh, maybe you're only getting one hundred and fifty to a spawn. So you can, you can get a better price for them, and, and the darker the better, and especially if you can start out with double dark blacks, I would stay, um, take a double dark black standard and a double dark long fin and cross them, and you'll get a little bit of both, and that will also diversify what you're trying to sell. There you go. So I have another email. Um, this is from a uh, listener named Taylor. 
I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's way longer than that one. But uh, they're just saying that we did a great podcast. Listen to episode 20 first, which I'd like to apologize for. It's story time. Don't start at story time. <laughs> don't start a story. Don't no. start a story time. You, know, you don't deserve story time until you've gone through all 19. Right. You have to earn story you time. You've got to earn story time. That's Come like, on now. That's a lot of work. That's like the first impression is not the story time, please. And uh, they also wanted to let me know in the rest of the email how... Uh, how much you suck? No, on how there actually still is phone booths, Jimmy. <laughs> sent us pictures. Where? He sent us pictures of a phone booth. Right. Apparently, they are still used in other countries, and they've even in been England? updated with credit card swipers and all kinds of goodies. I, this I, was specifically talking about Japan and in Germany. R- Rob actually just showed me a picture of a phone booth. I'm pretty sure it's a bus stop. I'm just saying. <laughs> Man. <laughs> People, Isn't that great? People actually listen to us. Yeah, and put up with your terrible jokes. I know. I wish I had $100. Every, uh, Let's now, see if anybody sends me $100 next week. You need to look carefully inside. That doesn't even look like a phone, a phone it looks thing. looks like an ATM in there. Right. That's what it looks like. It's just built to take your money. We need to get in the phone booth game, Jimmy. Sounds like an ex-wife of mine. <laughs> there we go. A lot of bitterness tonight. I'm sorry. <sighs> no more beers. We talked about this I, last episode. No, I, I'm, no, I'm not drinking tonight. All right. Let's get to the meat of the podcast, right? We 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 read some uh, some listeners' uh, goodies. Who wants to start? Like Let's make, we didn't draw straws or nothing. I we're just make feel Adam start because he's so quiet tonight. Yeah, Adam. Adam, what is one of your biggest mistakes you'd like to teach the class about and how they can learn using aquarium heaters? Uh oh, sounds like so, wait. Don't stick them up your rear. Right, that's something they <laughs> yeah. do in another country. Uh, how did you misuse aquarium heaters, sir? I had purchased some discus when I had my pet store. That were the size of a small tea saucer for like, I picked up like 15 or 20 of them. For all you people who have been drinking tea this week. You just angered all of our British (laughs) listeners. And our Irish ones. They're drinking beer. Yeah, they're they're all on the beer. Um, So they they were, you know, five, six inches across. I picked up like 15 discus for $100. And I put them in my tank. And I noticed one morning that... This must have been in the nineties. This must have been the sixteen discus at any size for a hundred dollars. That's robbery. No, no, no. The guy was moving because the they closed the mines up there. The mines. You only get these conversations in Minnesota by the Duluth Iron Range. Oh, the Iron Range. Yeah, the Iron Range. So So they had closed. They had let him go. So he was like, "I need to get rid of my fish. Here, a hundred dollars. You'll take care of him." Okay. Wow. So so thanks for giving him gas money out of town. I guess. Pretty much. And I put him in the tank. And I noticed, you know, they were good for like the first two weeks. Everything was going great. I'm like, oh, good. I'm going to pair them up. I'm going to breed them. Yes, me. And <laughs> I noticed that they were acting funny. How were they I, acting? Well, they were they were like huddled towards the bottom. And they weren't, you know, normally when I walk up, if you've ever had discus, discus get like really friendly with people. And they will come to the top of the tank. They want to see you, you know, but they weren't acting right. And I also had a pair of L46 true zebra plecos at the time. Did you put them all in the same I, tank? Yes, they were all in the same tank. So that's lesson number two. Don't put nice fish with nice all fish. of your nice fish in the same tank. So you didn't even do quarantine protocol. What a noob. Dumb, yeah, dumb, basically. Dumb. And today well, I had too many tanks, but that's another. I feel like there's a metaphor of eggs in a basket or something. But I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, I'm thinking, you know, for the stupid guy of the week, we could give it to there. Never mind. That's in the nineties. This was this was a long time ago. This is in there. I don't even talk about the stupid 2000s. things I've done this week. We'll get to that soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so you've got all your expensive fish in one tank. Yes. And I leave because I'm like, well, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. And I didn't think twice. You know, I knew something was wrong just by looking at them. But I'm like, I'm late, I'm running behind. It was the first time I'd had it off in a while. 
well, I'm going to go see my friends. And I come home and everything is lying on the bottom, deader than a doornail or twitching. Whatever wasn't dead was just twitching. And why was that? The heater had short-circuited and electrocuted every fish in my tank because when I lifted up my tank or the lid to put my hand in the water because I looked and the water was cold, I got electrocuted. So did you break it or how did this happen? As far as I can tell, there was a little crack in it somewhere. Maybe the discus batted it around or something because they were pretty good sized discus. Playing discus And they knocked it around and then it just got a little crack in it and electrocuted everything in my tank. So you discovered this by putting your fingers in the tank? Pretty much. And that's because I got I got zapped and I was like, what the hell? And then I looked and I unplugged the heater and I unplugged my canister filter thinking that was it. And then I pulled out the heater because the the temperature was off. It was way down. It was like really, really low. And it doesn't matter when they're dead. Yeah, it doesn't matter when they're dead, but they were it was like super low. It wasn't the like 82, 84 that I had it at. Yeah, everything was dead. What'd you learn about this? Don't use glass aquarium heaters. Heat the room, not the damn tank. Or if you do have to use aquarium heaters, titanium, titanium, titanium grounding, grounding probe. Yes. You can find these on I Amazon. I recommend that for everybody. You are the one that clued me in on this, Adam. And you can find these on Amazon. They're pretty decent price. If, again, it just plugs into the ground unit of any outlet. Make sure that you're not plugging into a strip cord with no ground. Otherwise, there's no point in even using it. It has to go into the wall outlet with that bottom ground plug. The ground plug is the circular one on the bottom, not the flat ones that are the two prongs. It's the bottom circular one, the ground. That's important. Is that why they call it yeah. the ground? Because it's closer to the ground. That's oh! Right. Ground, yeah. So there is a famous fish tuber named Joey, right, that we all know and love. And he, a long time ago, had these wonderful stingray. His heaters went out on him. And if he would have had this titanium unit, it would have uh, prevented it. But, you know, there's really no way to predict. And I never even knew that these things existed. But, you know, learn from this mistake that, number one, inspect your heater number two if you can try not to use glass and number three have a backup plan yeah and number, and number four, four don't, don't be tell Adam. Your fish guy don't tell your fish guy. i don't know don't tell jim and then ask him for some more l46 and have him call and then have him call you two days later laughing at you because they went on embargo that was they went hilarious. on site was it that one. week it was that it was that yeah it was that month it was yeah and the price went from this to a million dollars oh yeah months. overnight yeah. they were skyrocketed yeah. So Jim, I could get them for like twenty bucks, and then uh, they went from like twenty bucks wholesale to like a thousand. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> not, nutter butters. Not quite that much, but about about uh, eighty to hundred dollars at that time. Yeah. Well, according to some of the records, when I looked this up, when it happened, they went all the way up to five hundred dollars a piece for sure that I know of. Right. I mean, when when they were talking, when at that time there was really nobody breeding them in the area. Supply and demand. Right. And oh, so, I loved my zebra plecos. You know, speaking of supply and demand, real quick, you told me something interesting last week about bettas, Robs. What did I tell you? That they glow in the dark now? Yes. Tell, so, tell us some, because I have not heard this yet. I've not researched it. I've not looked yet, but tell us what you heard, what you saw. So we're going to go on this tangent here. This is outside of the, you know, screw-ups, right? The glowfish phenomenon, right? And we can have an episode on glowfish in the future, but the glowfish phenomenon essentially was out of some university in the pursuit of trying to find cancer treatments and cures. So the university discovered that they could use this idea to color fish, and that's really, really where this came from, is in a laboratory. So they make these laboratory fish out of the common fish that we have. So when they're trying to cross DNA, they're going to find fish that are cheap. They're not going to go for expensive fish when they're in the university laboratory they're going to find the closest stuff so zebra danos white skirt tetras those were the first ones to really get hit and those were you know 
$29.39 wholesale. Uh, try 10 cents wholesale. All right. I mean, you start buying in, in any quantity. They're, right? they're cheap as heck. So you probably wouldn't, you're probably not going to get a Glow L46, L44 Zebra Daniel. What do you? So take, take yeah. you know, a little common sense. You're taking a cheap to worthless fish that still looks okay in the aquarium, giving it color and and, and charging eight, nine, ten, eleven dollars for it. Right. That it's it's one hundred and one. So now that they have the technology out and the patents owned by a certain company, that they're just going to follow down the tree to see what next fish they could add to the glow line. We've seen leaks of glow angel fish, but even right now they have glow sharks that are made from uh, rainbow sharks. Yep. There's actually a couple different sharks they use. Glow barbs that are used from tiger barbs, and they're just running down the tree. So the ones that we'll see is people take the same procedure overseas where patents aren't held and held up, and they'll do this to other fish. So we see leaks of angelfish. We'll see leaks of all different types. And we finally have now seen the first leaks of betas being glowfish. They literally look like they're rubber. It's crazy. Their fins are completely clear with that, you know, haze of glow. It's uh, it's on our Facebook page, Aquarium Guys Facebook group. You can find it on uh, Facebook. It has a little video of them swimming. I want to say it's sad, but it's inevitable. It's not necessarily harming the fish. It's done in a laboratory. They're not taking a fish, bleaching it, dyeing it, tattooing it. They're not harming the fish, but it is made in a laboratory. It's not, quote-unquote, natural, but it's not harming the creator, so I'm not really uh, against it. But it's not my favorite fish. If I want a beta, there's a pile of beautiful colors out there without having to make it glow underneath a black light. Yes, yeah, so, so those people out there, they're on the fence, love them, like them, leave them. Um, they're here, and uh, there's not much we can do about it. There's rumors that this end of February, they're going to hit the market. I don't think it'll be that quick. I think that's just rumors. We've yet to see angelfish hit the market, and that has been talked about for the last two years. Because yeah, they've been available other overseas. Right, overseas you can get them, but not in the United States. Yep. So expect Why do they always changes coming. Why do they always start with green? Is that like the most available or something? It's the easiest prominent color to get right away. It's that green or green yellow. The reds, when they first do it, can fade or not take. So if they can get green done, they'll work their way to the harder colors. Yeah, there was a while back when uh, one of my suppliers had gold zebra danios on sale for next to nothing. And when I mean nothing, I mean like four cents a piece. And I'm going, why? I mean, because normally gold Daniels are, are, you know, 35, 40 cents a piece wholesale. And I go, why are these so cheap? When I found out from them that they're the culls from glowfish that didn't take. So when a glowfish breeds, it does breed more or less true that you will get glowfish from glowfish. But eventually, after a couple batches, the glow starts, uh, stops happening in the, the genes. So the genes don't hold. So eventually, the colors will just dissipate and they'll just breed normal fish again. So these white skirt tetras, danios, even barbs we're seeing uh, prices go lower on is because they're just, they're not necessarily culls, but how they treat them as culls. If they don't have glow, they get sold as normal. Right. And, and the thing is, is they're a trademark fish. So th- these companies that, that have done it, and I know who it is, they have spent literally millions of dollars on these fish. And that's why they're expensive because they're trying to get their money back and they have to eat each one certified we've talked about before they get the red one certified and they have to go through the uh, usda to get the the green one certified it's just ongoing and more paperwork for each and every color so yeah there's like what six colors seven colors that they have now yeah now times that by each species of fish you're talking danios this type of maybe a bigger danio white skirt tetra barbs and then you go down the list they have to do a, 
what, seven patents for each type of fish. Yeah, it's just a lot of money, a lot of paperwork, and a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of work. So you'll see them eventually, but uh, you know, FYI, they're coming ahead. That was a big tangent. I'm going to do the next one. You go ahead. Because I feel you... like you need to make fun of me. Well, that's what I do. That's why I'm here. All right, I'm going to get this one out of the way because I know you people are making fun of me since we started this podcast. That's what... Finally, I'll address the story of how the catfish ate my arowana. That's funny and expensive. <laughs> Really expensive. All right. I, I had a cry in the mirror. How's you know, your blood pressure, that, dude? It's it's good. I've been eating Cheerios. I wish you guys were here in the studio to see the veins in his forehead and the little sweat bead coming down. <laughs> I'm, this is so much fun for me. You could just see it pulsing. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, so I had quite the, quite a large aquarium at the time, and I had a amazing setup with a black arowana. Now, it is the, you know... Non-Asian variety, Asian arowanas are illegal in the United States of America, but trying to get a arowana that has color down from South America or even Australia is pretty difficult. So I pulled in some favors. I talked to some uh, some people, and I got in with getting a beautiful black arowana. Now, these black arowanas, they're the silver body cells, just like a silver arowana, but it has this deep smoky color and orange stripes in the back. I spent... A amount of money that I am not willing to say yes. out loud. Mm-mm. How much? And go talk about it. About $600, wasn't it? This is therapy. $600. Right? This is therapy? <laughs> no. Baby steps in therapy, no. right? No. I am not your therapist, dude. How much was it? I'm, I'm not Tell telling them. you. Mm-mm. Tell them. $600. It was more than that. I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to suck it out of you. <laughs> you just want to suck it out of me? Uh, ain't going to happen. Anyways, I pulled. It, was just, it wasn't just money. It was favors I had to get to get this fish, right? So I finally got this fish in. And it was very difficult because it was quite small. It was a little ways past uh, the egg yolk. So when you get arowanas, you can purchase arowanas wholesale. And we'll just talk about silver arowanas to give you an example. You can get wholesale, if you have a wholesale license from certain uh, uh, distributors, if you buy in a bag of quantity, you can get a bunch of arowanas for 35 bucks, right? Wholesale. So when you see them in stores, you'll see them marked up. You know, the, you have to tack the tax. The cost of shipping, which is immense on some of these things. Because remember, a single box from UPS is 90 bucks. So you'll see these things marked up for $100, $120 in a pet store. But when you get them in, that small, they literally are just hatched. They are free swimming, and they have this giant egg yolk hanging from yolk sac, hanging from the bottom of the arowana. It's a very delicate time, and most arowanas will die if not completely pampered. So essentially what you have to do is, if they bump the egg sac, death. If they get scared, jerk, tear the egg sac, death. It's literally an organ hanging below them, and you'll kill them for any reason. And it, and it takes several weeks for it to absorb up into the body. That's their nourishment, and that's their food, until they can start eating. So when you get this arowana in, what you want to do is put it into a silk net basket. You can buy these breeding baskets and just leave them alone, dim the lights, until the egg sac goes away. Don't scare them, don't walk by the tank, don't breathe, and just let them hover in this, this uh, basket alone, away from everything, until the egg sac goes away, and then you have to start weaning them onto live crickets because they will not hit anything at that small unless it moves. So either you have to move it or you have to put something in that's moving. So I have to buy these big bag of crickets, stinky suckers that I have to keep in a container, and I'm trying to wean this thing off because it's it's past the egg sac point when I got it in, and it wasn't really eating that good. It was pretty thin, so I'm doing this whole cricket thing, babying it, then I try to do it manually, and I finally got it on river krill. And you can buy this you know, river krill in giant containers. And now I have it trained. I have to throw the river krill at the water to make a splash or they won't go after it. Now it finally knows the river krill's food and it's a whole process of getting adapted with your arowana. 
I finally got to the perfect place where it's eating like a monster. Then I decide to get a stingray with it because I had this all planned. One thing, quarantine at a time, right? So I wanted one stingray and I wanted one arowana in a tank and call it good for my big tank. And what kind of stingray did you get, Rob? Called in some favors. I got myself <laughs> a blonde pearl stingray, freshwater stingray. Oh, that's oh. Not, that sounds cheap as heck. That was not oh. cheap. I think I just heard a story from Adam where you take all your expensive fish and you put it in one tank. Let's just say yeah. that the only reason I could get these fish is I sold my house uh, and I moved into a new house. And I had some of the assets that I had to pay off a bunch of medical bills. And we had assets we put away for a new mower because we had a lawn now that we had to mow. And a couple of fixes from the home. And I got a rebate back from it. And that's what I was going to use for fish. Tanasa and I both wanted fish. She wanted a stingray. I wanted an arowana. That's where it was. We both wanted it. So we saved our pennies. We're going to treat ourselves. And that's what we got in. So I get the uh, stingray in. I have the arowana. The stingray decides that he's going to choke on food and die. There's nothing I can do. It was a uh, happy, healthy fish just decided that it was going to be a retard and choke on food. No, I think you should tell tell the people what you're feeding. What were you feeding the stingray? The stingray, I was feeding a mix of chopped shrimp. (laughs) When I say chopped shrimp, it was literally whole raw shrimp you get from the grocery store that I had to deshell on my own. So I would chop it up in pieces and put it in the bottom and eat. And I would also supplement with tupaflex worms, the cubes that I would put either in the sand or on the glass. And it decided to choke on a piece of shrimp. It wasn't too big. It just got kind of cockeyed in its mouth, and it just I could see it choke. Now, when you see a stingray choke, you see that lovely barb, and then you think of Steve Irwin, but then know that it has you know toxins or venom on the back of the tail. So I never put my hand in the aquarium knowing this, even though the likelihood of you getting stung is extremely low. I mean, we've seen Joey and everybody else. I'm not that faithful of a man and i know that i'm gonna reach down and try to rip something out of its mouth it's probably gonna sting me so i'm looking at it knowing that i'm in minnesota i've heard these stories about adam getting stung by fish and <laughs> Which i don't want to die hilarious don't want to die not die so i didn't die i decided just to let it choke and die there's nothing i can do i have a 24 inch tong i could poke it there's you, just nothing i can do, do i had to sit there and watch my fish die and then my my lovely roommate decides to walk up to the tank while i'm basically in tears watching this thing die trying to figure out how i'm going to tell my wife her <laughs> immense amount of money extremely rare stingray died how much was the stingray no jimmy we're not going there baby steps right maybe they'll tell in the future when i'm more comfortable with this right there'll be here's a day. my question why didn't you have like a tube from the, an intake tube and st- shove that on the tail at any time. That's what I always did with mine. Oh, see, I always had something to shove on the back of the tail so that I was never worried about that part. I was told to do that and just leave it on there while it grows up. But I'm like, why do I have it on there? I'm not going to be touching the stingray. So there's your fun fact for the day. If you want to uh, you know, wean a stingray into food and you're worried about the tail, put a, put a glove on it. Put a rubber band on it, whatever you want to do to try to protect yourself. But know that it's only a tiny tube protecting you. I'm just I'm just looking at you in just sheer stupidity. Anyways, my roommate wow. comes up to the tank while I'm watching him die. And it's like, what's happening? Why is he doing that? And like, he's choking on food. And then he just sits there and looks for a minute. I think that's how you're going to go someday. <laughs> <laughs> With a ham sandwich. <laughs> I immediately turned just blood red, and I just didn't know what to say. I just... I wanted to throw F-bombs, but I was crushed and angry all at the same time. It was diarrhea for the mind. Well, just, just so you know, I'm not going to do uh, the Heimlich Maneuver on your stingray or on you. So let's let's put it this way. Maybe I could have put something on the tail. Maybe there's something I could have done. I don't think there was. So I, I in retrospect, just... 
not a lot I could have done there. I would have just grabbed it and, and, and tossed it on the floor and let it jump around. Not a lot I could have done there. It makes me mad. Now, what happened with the arowana? Now, he's arowana's all alone. He's doing great. He's just a one lone fish in a tank. Do I want two arowanas? Not really. I'm kind of happy with what I have. And maybe I can save my pennies in another three years afford a stingray because they're crazy amounts of money. 600 they're way more than $600. Okay. Right? There. Six, $649, Jim. Way no. more than $649. I know what he paid for him, and I'm just trying to get him to spill. You're an asshole. So wow. You know wow. Now, now we have to put an expletive. Right. No, that's, yes. that's, uh, that is a fair statement. We're talking about your uh, your derriere, and you are one. Wow. Um, <laughs> that hurt. So I have an arowana in there. So I, I get this whole idea where I hear about this uh, amazing tiger catfish that needs a home. <laughs> Like, hey, I heard you do rescues. I'm like, yeah, I could take that one in. You know, normally you only take rescues that you would have a home for. But I'm like, I have this tank. I only have an arowana in there. The arowana, by now, because, again, arowanas grow like two inches a month. They're in- it's insane. And I'm feeding more than that. So they're they're definitely, he's definitely got some inches on them. And this is a small tiger catfish. I'm like, I'll easily get a home for this thing. So I took it in like a dumbass. And these tiger catfish, they're not that expensive. They're, what, 60 bucks at most. At That's retail, you know. Yeah. So I took it in, gave it a home. I found out it's a hybrid. It's that, you know, tiger, um, red tail catfish combination, right? Because they cross for some reason. And uh, he has an immense appetite. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, and, and what happened? He stares at you. He just sits in the bottom of the tank and stares at you. And and what do you feed this thing? A pound of shrimp a day. A pound? A, like, a whole pound. So like, measure it into a container. Like, like a 16-ounce cup container. I used to watch you feed him. Right. I'd, I'd weigh it. i weigh it. Just like... All right, and what he do is he I would set the sh- and fresh, frozen shrimp and frozen shrimp is cheap raw. as heck. They're only like nine dollars a pound. Right, because I had some from the stingray that died. Right, now, <laughs> of I don't eat. You did. I don't eat shrimp. No, so I just got all this frozen shrimp in a cup and I'm letting it thaw on the top. And the catfish sees the cup and hits the top of the aquarium, with the lid, trying to get to it. I'm like, well, fine. Here, you want a frozen one? I throw a frozen one in. He eats it whole, frozen, solid. Like, what? I bet he got brain freeze like he did in an ice cream cone. No, he just kept eating them. So I dumped the whole cup in there, frozen, and he'd eat them all frozen. And it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to you know, slowly eat them for a while. Under 60 seconds, he had one pound of shrimp consumed in his stomach in 60 seconds. And people go swimming in rivers where these things run around. It was incredible. It's not something I've never seen before, like gulper catfish style. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was the first couple days, and I noticed that my arowana stopped like free swimming across the tank, and he'd kind of just sit in the corner. Next day I come up, and now I see that his fins are all kind of ratty and, you know, not in the same condition the next day. Like, what's going on? So I'm like, well, maybe he's getting sick. So I test water parameters, I go upstairs, and I come back down, and here is my arowana, twice the size of the tiger catfish, swallowed in his mouth. I have posted the picture once on Discord. I don't, I'm probably not going to do it again. It's disturbing. They have turned it into some memes. I know, and everybody thinks it's kind of fun because it happened to you and not them. It ate... It, and it's twice the size, whole. And I had to sit, sit there just, it's going to choke on it. So crushed again. I had to get in there. I had to manhandle and wrangle this catfish. And then I had to pull the carcass out of its mouth. And by the time I got it up, it spit the whole thing out. It was like a cartoon that you see where the there's a, a big bag of bones, like a fish bones. Yep. It's literally like just a skeleton. Yeah. Like it a was just dissolving it and just chowed it down that quickly. There went my two most expensive fish for a long while, maybe ever. Definitely ever. No, the more I think about it, totally ever. Totally ever. And and, and then for down the, next, the toilet for the next three months, I come over and I look at this empty tank and I go, "What are you gonna put in there?" He goes, "Nothing." So what I learned from this is that compatibility 
is more than just size when it comes to predatory fish. You think, is it going to harass it? You need to ask, can it swallow it? Have you measured its full mouth? Do the inches and circumference match the other fish? Because they could probably stretch it another good couple inches. So if it's a catfish, know that catfish will attempt to swallow things that they can't normally eat. I, that was a big learning curve that I learned in the most terrible way. And that a pound of shrimp maybe isn't enough for a growing tiger fish. You should probably up your dose every single day. Every single day. So I had that until uh, it grew. Was it two and a half feet? Yeah, it was big enough to ride to school. And we got it home, and that was that. It's out the door, but it was the size of busting my tank. You know, and it found a home, and on its way it went. Yeah, and you know, going right on to the, from that story to one of my stories, which isn't half as cool because it was only a two-foot goldfish the Darren uh, catfish ate. So my friend Robbie, Robbie and I are, are neighbors. We live just around the block from each other. And he comes one day with this albino channel catfish that we had gotten as a rescue. And he had taken it out of the tank. We didn't even know it was in the tank anymore. It had been sitting in a cold, cold warehouse, and he brought it over to me. And, and if you want the full story, you can listen to some of our other podcasts. Yeah. We talk about Charlie the catfish. And so he brings Charlie over, and he goes, I got no place for it. Here, Jimmy, put it in your tank. And I'm like, God dang it, Robbie. I don't want this ugly thing here. You have a tank rack. You have a tank that fits. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. And so when Adam closed up his store, Adam Adam was one of my customers. And what year did you close up your store, Adam? Mm, 2013. So in 2013, I have been being paid to babysit these goldfish from one of Adam's customers. Because when Adam... Oh, my koi customers. Yes. We don't name them. They have not given us permission. So <laughs> this woman had me take um, these koi that Adam had been watching for her. So it was a it was a random batch of Shabunkin goldfish, bigger goldfish. I think there was even a couple fantail goldfish Yeah. Um, at one point. The fantail goldfish, I think, died of old age by this point. And then you had one pretty large. It was like, was it two, two, two plus? Two, two foot butterfly white koi. Beautiful white koi. And... During the summer, this, this woman would call me. She lived up in the Grand Rapids area, and I would ship the fish to her, and then in the fall, I would go up and get these fish. And so I've been dealing with these fish for freaking seven years, and they're kind of a part of the family, and Robbie forever has been trying to- I want know, those fish. He goes, I, I want that. I, want I had, the, at the time, had a big pond. You know, I yes. just, I needed it. And I go, I, I can't I can't give you these fish because they're, they're a customer. She's paying me monthly to watch these things. So don't ask me why, but we put- the channel catfish, which was probably well, how big was he? It was just to let you know that you didn't do this until they were you owned them. Right. So towards the end, they had some issues and were unable to keep the fish and said, "Would you take them?" Yeah, her husband passed away, and and she goes, "I, I can't take them anymore. We're going to get rid of our cabin where they had the uh, pond and stuff." And Jimmy said, "Of course, I will happily take them. You you can right. you worry about you." And so I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll be a good guy. I'll give Robbie these fish next spring. It was in the fall of the year, and he brings me this albino channel catfish, who's probably only, what, nine inches long, maybe? Less. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely less. Probably six, seven inches long, eight inches long. And I put him in the tank, and in one night, he stripped every freaking fin off my two-foot goldfish. You sent me pictures. It was like soup-o scales. All you saw was just a, just the water just oh. caked in scales. He chewed up that fish so bad, he went up, like he was eating corn on the cob. And he didn't kill the fish, but he did die about two, three days later. But the catfish grew exponentially once again after he ate half a goddamn uh, two-foot koi. Scales or protein in their diet. And I could have just cried because I had this fish for years and years and years. And uh, 
I just felt so bad. And Robbie's over here chuckling right now. I, I mean, it's only fair. You, you. Yeah, and I still have this goddamn uh, channel catfish. It stares at us, right, every time we go in your fish room. And when I go in my fish room, and 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 here's the rule we have with it: you're only gonna eat what dies today. So if nobody dies, you're not getting fed. And then so, Robbie comes over, feels bad, and feeds him pellets. While we're on the podcast, if somebody wants an albino channel catfish, you know, that wants to have a demon catfish of their own, we will happily ship them to whoever. <laughs> right. You just, I'm gonna put them in a dry envelope because he ain't gonna die. You pay postage. <laughs> we'll ship it. All right. It's yours. Charlie the catfish is yours as long as it goes to a good home. Know that he is a demon. I think I should just mail it to Rich late at night. So what do we learn from this? We learn that, number one, catfish are not to be trusted. No. Number two, it does not mean just because you have a two and a half, two foot creature that a six inch creature won't screw it up. Right. Three, that even though it's a breed that shouldn't do it, Every fish is a different attitude and different, just like we were different people. There's, every person's capable of something different. There's bullies in every crowd. There's bullies in every crowd. So you will find a, you know, an endler that may try to beat up a, you know, red tail shark. Who knows? Endlers suck. Endlers suck. <laughs> no, they don't. Wait, did you have an endler try to pick a fight with that big red tail? I don't even want to talk to you right now. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I have uh, your, your batch of endlers. They have procreated. The original uh, females have died from that... Oh. From I just up and died because they're just a you know crap strain of fish, and <laughs> crap strain of fish. I have like thirty five endlers all over the tank, and they're well, how can I put this? They're trying to dither with my white clouds, so they're annoying the crap out of them. They follow them all across the tank. It's not harassment. They just think that they're schooling together <laughs> because all they've grown up with are these white clouds. So they're dipshit fish. I think is a f- fair statement there. That hurts. <laughs> That hurts. <laughs> My oh. particular strain of endlers are dipshits. There you go. And, and where'd you get those from? You know where I got those. You got them from Adam. I know. That's the best part. Anyways, so, uh, yeah. So don't trust catfish. No. Every fish is different, and don't just trust them because their size. Right. They'll still eat scales. Eat everything. Right. What else you got, Adam? Um. Let's see here. Well, come on. You got something? Looking at uh, his paper. I don't know. You don't know. The what best? about the dog food? What about the dog oh, the food? The dog food? What about tell so, tell us about your pet store? Okay. Here's the best thing. If you want to own a pet store, don't. <laughs> don't. The best thing about owning a pet store is don't. Don't don't bother. See, this is the top of like, you know, discouragement I was talking about. We're not trying to discourage you people. He's well, he's okay. just got he just did it the wrong way, it's, right? It's he's like going to tell you how he did it the wrong like way. It's like I would be a good marriage counselor. There no, no, no. There, there's different ways you could do it, but you. Be, I mean, we could. That's a whole different business. That's, that's here. three podcasts. All right, let's focus on the main thing. I think focus you're talking on. about dog food. Okay, so when I first bought the pet store, because I had bought my pet store, an existing person, they had dog food. They had turned that store into a dog food store, and there is no money in dog food. All dog food comes from like four separate places. There's like two or three makers of dog food, and they just put it in different bags, and you have so like what people don't realize is when they see a bag of dog food at like Petco, PetSmart, your local pet store, the dog food costs ninety eight percent of the is of the price of what you see. So when I was selling dog food, the dog food was like forty bucks a bag in early two thousands. Literally would make five dollars up of profit. At most, that's pretty good. So, so you're spending forty five dollars in inventory and and retailing it for fifty bucks. It would, because there would be prices on it. 
and it was pre-priced pre-priced yeah it was pre-priced usually and so out of the goodness of their heart they allowed you to make five dollars on a bag of dog food which cost you 45 dollars yes and then what else happens is that um so you do that then when we had there was a problem because one of the dog food companies got sold to another to mars we're not going to say their name you just did and (laughs) huh Never the mind. candy company? The candy company? Mars Candy Bar? Yeah, Bar? Mars Dog Food actually, Mars, the candy company, they actually own like, I want to say two or three different dog food companies, maybe four. That explains why my O. Henry Bar sucks now. Um, They use, they put a lot of the, so they don't put the chocolate in the dog food, of course, but a lot of the um byproduct. waste, the byproduct from your different foods gets put in the dog food as a filler and it's a cheap filler and that's how they make more money um that's not saying that they didn't have a few brands of really good high quality dog food but usually you could tell once they bought a brand the brand went downhill pretty quickly unless it was like their chosen special brand we saw that a lot where, yeah where they come out with a quality product happened. and they drive it right into the ground and then they go and they'd focus so the problem with dog food is is that pet stores build up these dog food brands and then they go well we want to go mass because they think that they'll be able to do much better if they go mass market to like petco PetSmart, your your stores like lnm fleet supply you know your different like menards that type of thing right so, so they can they can go rather than than deal with private pet stores then they go into a mass market and, and have a heck of a lot more customers so let, let's talk about like the economics of food Right. If we someone makes like let's pick on Tyson because they've always been picked on for beating up chickens. So if Tyson, <laughs> you know, makes chicken nuggets and they put them in, you know, a bag, put them in the freezer section and you have chicken nuggets for your kids that eventually they have to keep a quality standard, not only for the regulatory health reasons, which there's some in the dog food as well. But for flavor, if you have a gross chicken nugget, your kid's going to complain to you and you're no longer buying Tyson. If your dog is eating crap food your dog i mean he's either going to eat it or you're not going to feed him and he'll just wait for the bowl he can't tell you it tastes like crap and you pick out something different so when they have this brand that works dogs eat it they're trying to find ways to cut the corners cut the costs and maybe they'll put more corn into it maybe they'll you know um put other ingredients that aren't protein or find ways just to completely chicken feathers that's lower yeah lower the quantity uh, excuse me, lower the cost of creation without uh, having to do anything drastic. Right. So Adam would have have 200 bags of dog food in a store and have about what? How much? $8,000 tied up in inventory? Oh, it was more. Well, let's see. When I, when I had it, it was because I'd get in eight or nine pallets. So I'd have sometimes $10,000 worth of dog food tied up. And out of that $10,000, you'd probably make what? A hundred bucks at most. Yeah. And so there, when I... Of course, I'm selling fish. I'm going, Adam. You're much better off buying a pair of guppies for for a buck twenty five and selling it for three ninety nine because you're making about the same amount of money and you don't have any money tied up. And uh, so that's that's just a great learning curve there, where you uh, you know five bucks out of, out of fifty bucks. That's not much. It's kind of hard to keep the lights on. Then also take yeah. this into like fish food. If you're uh, trying to sell, you know that's one thing where you buy a bunch in, you have low margins, don't get such quantity in. But then also if you get large quantity. You have to worry about expiration dates. And I'm assuming that if you're only making that much money, you know, a couple bags, all your profit's gone. That you didn't sell, oh, yeah. they expired. 
The same goes for fish food. I see so many people, even individuals such as uh, like myself, that don't have a big fish store. They just have their own personal collection, and they want to buy food in bulk. You got to make sure that when you buy food, you're looking at the expiration date. And some of these don't even have expiration dates, so you need to write down your own. When it comes in, you taught me this, Jimmy. Grab a marker, write on your food that when you got it in, and after a year, pitch it. Yeah, and I, I happened to see that the other day, too. Again, we've talked about this. I was watching somebody, uh, I can't remember what his name is, a real cool YouTube guy, had put on, on his YouTube channel things that he likes to do at the first of the year. He goes through all his fish food, and if it's if it's uh, nine months to a year old, he goes, the nutritional value has, has gone away in this stuff. It's just kind of dissolved. So just your best thing to do is just pitch it and start over. So take a magic marker right on your food, right on your dog food, and make sure that that stuff gets fed up before the expiration date because f- food values will go down. They, sure, the dog food won't go rotten most likely, but um, in the nutritional value and that sort of thing is going to go in the crapper. It's just bad. <laughs> but I mean, what a great way to, to tie up all your money into, into one thing. Yeah, you got $10,000 in dog food, but you sell it all and you make a few hundred bucks and you can make that off of one tank of uh, feeder goldfish, you know, if you do it right. Yeah. So one of the things, like we talk about fish compatibility, you know, my catfish ate my arowana. There's a lot of other interesting types of ca- compatibility that you think common sense would help you describe. So I wanted to purchase Blind Cave Tetris. This was years ago, early in my aquarium experience. I thought it was the coolest thing. What? There's blind fish? So for those that don't know, caves in Mexico that have freshwater caves have a species of tetra that have gone completely blind and are opaque pink and have no color. They are living in caves completely devoid of light and have other enhanced senses instead. So this is a breed called Blind Cave Tetris. No eyeballs whatsoever. They have eye sockets where there used to be eyes. So they literally look like some cool pink opaque uh, skeleton fish. Super, super cool. Lost my mind like a fish nerd I am. Like, I gotta have them. So I did my homework. Tried to see compatibility. No one talked about compatibility that I could find. And I didn't have immense access to the website. I looked through fish books. They talked about them, never talked about anything aggressive aggression. So I thought, well, I have these really high-end, rare guppies, right? <laughs> Long, giant tails. Shouldn't be a problem. Beginning to see a pattern here. What's going to happen? You put the blind cave tetras in, they're blind. They're not going to chase a fish. No. They're blind. So I got myself a nice big school of blind cave tetras. I quarantined them in a separate tank like a good boy, because I've learned by, this by now and other mistakes. Quarantined them. They're eating perfectly, and I didn't put two and two together. When I put flake food on the top of the tank, they immediately, like you put chum in the water, went off, (laughs) right? And they swam in all different directions, but eventually the smell of the food brought them like a homing beacon directly to it. They ate, chomped it down like piranhas. It was it was beautiful. I'm like, oh, awesome. These fish are going to do great. They're healthy. They're eating. They're quarantined. And I put them in my tank. I put them in my tank and sat there and watched. And it's a big tank, a lot of plastic weeds, a lot of stuff in the way. And I watched the uh, acclimate. They acclimated just fine. They left everything alone. Everything was good until that evening. I went back in the tank. I put food in the top. And before the scent could hit their nose, they just had a hint of it. They started going all directions. And they got the vibrations from the guppies' tails. They could sense that because they have heightened sense of awareness, remember? So they're feeling the vibrations in the tank, and instead of homing in on the flake, because that takes a minute for them to find because they have to home in on the scent, they instead 
went for the closest thing that made vibrations in the tank and ripped apart every fin that I had on any other fish. And, of course, all I had in the tank was long fin fish. So it was a bloodbath. And do you think for a minute me grabbing a net and trying to scoop these things, throwing them back into the quarantine tank would stop them? No, they're blind. They don't see me. They're not going to see me trying to scoop in the tank going left, right. No, stop eating them. They're not stopping for nothing, man. They're going for them. And by the time I got the school of Tetris out, every guppy was obliterated. (laughs) Can you imagine how much damage they would have done if they had seeing-eye dogfish? What? Think about it. Seeing-eye dogfish. You know, they're blind. I guess. So they had a seeing eye dogfish that you could even do more damage. Just have like a Ray Charles fish looking there, like helping another fish around. Some weird dither capabilities. It's like a Stevie Wonder thing. You know? now, now, see, wait a minute here. I thought that you knew that blind cave fish, they sense things with their lateral. I do lines. now. Yeah. I do now. This is well, a very young age. did you know that before? I, I didn't have a lot on the internet. There Young wasn't and a dumb. lot talked about. This was years ago. Young and dumb. I was it's in books. I was hell. I was fourteen. Young and dumb. I live. I was poor, man. All the other books I had was what the stuff my grandma gave me, and they were all written in the forties. Poor, young and dumb. Oh, I suppose they really didn't have them in the forties, did they? They knew they existed. They had them topic, but they didn't have people's like experiences written in the book. And all I was going off was my grandmother's notes saying, "Yeah, this was a good one," or her problems that she wrote in the book with her pen. You I should, still got the book. You, you, <laughs> That I I should have went back in there with pencil and just wrote in, don't get these fish. Now, <laughs> since then, I've had blind cave tetras in many scenarios, and they only hit long fin fish. If you have them with other short fin fish, they're not a problem. But for some reason, the fluttering in the water when you feed them is enough to make them think it's a bug or something, and they'll just rip them to shreds. So if you have a long fin beta, if you have some skirt angels, or if you have some long fin guppies, gone. So I had a bunch of guppies just laying around the tanks, Stubs, no fins, just stubs. Stubs, and I had to watch these guppies die and suffer with stubs. I tried to. I think I got two guppies out of the whole tank that lived. So I think we should name this podcast "Things That We've Killed." Things that we've killed. Things that we've killed. You know, this whole episode here is just proof that uh, we're comfortable. Maybe not comfortable. We will talk about our mistakes. So many, you know, fish tubers, broadcasters out there, content creators. They're afraid to talk about their mistakes because it makes them look bad or people will look down on them. We're all human. We all make mistakes and we're all in this practice together. No one has this lockdown, I'm telling you. There's only a small handful of people in the world that have their one species they're good at locked down. Everybody learns. And every day they learn. We have Steve Rubicki. He's done this for 40 plus years with angels. That's his, his breed. He's still learning every day. Yeah. And, and like I, I've told you once, I've told you a hundred times on this podcast, uh, Paul Norton, Tampa Bay Fisheries, gave me the best advice ever. You know, he says it's 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 so much easier to learn by other people's mistakes. It's a lot cheaper, and so to get somebody else's input in something it is so great. I mean, I can't I can't even explain it to you enough how much it is to to listen to other people. Don't don't feel you need to jump in with both feet without getting all the information. Gather the information first. Think about it overnight. Plan it. Then again, talk to some more people. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story about something that Ty and I were doing. We had Ty on, uh, Ty Tolfsrud, uh, my buddy from um, United Aquarium. He was in the last episode, episode 21. Episode 21. He also is uh, the right-hand man for for uh, Mr. Sean Kramer, who had the 2,000-gallon reef tank. Episode 20. 
Yes. And anyway, here's something Ty and I were doing at one time. Um, his wife and him owned a pet store above me. I was in the basement with my wholesale operation, had about five, 600 tanks down there. They were upstairs above me with a wholesale uh, retail. And one day we decided that we were going to build a new system and we were going to put a sump in uh, for about 90 tanks. So this is now a building that we are renting. We don't own this building. He's renting it. I'm renting it. And we are about... To ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Exactly. We're, we're, we're thinking we're going to put all these tanks together. We had literally, it was 110-gallon tanks all plumbed together. And we wanted to put this big sump in. And only at this point, only at this point, after we've got all the tanks tied together, have we discovered that they're too low for the sump. And how are we going to put a sump here? Because we have these things on the floor. And we are literally, literally sitting there scratching our heads, talking about getting a jackhammer. We've actually got sledgehammers, and we're going to start punching a hole in the floor of the basement because we thought the only way we're going to do this is we're going to put the sump, you know, we're going to dig it into the Lower. floor. Yeah, make, into the make floor. a trench. And I'm not kidding you. We are literally moments away from cracking cement and probably getting ourselves kicked out of there. My 16-year-old son at the time comes over and goes, what are you guys doing? And we explain to him, well, we're going to knock a hole in the floor about three feet, and we're going to put the sump down there. And he goes, well, won't that be hard to work on the sump if it's down there, and won't it be cold in the ground? And we're <laughs> Your going, 16-year-old son's like, yeah. you guys are, are real dim right now. Right. And, we're, and, and, and anyway, we go, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, We're men. We're going to take sledgehammers and break stuff. <laughs> and, and he goes, explain to me how this works. And so we're going... Aaron, you don't understand. You know, we're, it's going to be great. It's going to be excellent. And so anyway, he goes, no, ex explain this to me, Dad. Well, okay, we, we need all the water to go into the sump so we can circulate it back up. And he looks at us and goes, well, why don't you guys just put cement blocks underneath the racks of the tank and elevate them up in the air since you've got three foot of head space up above you? And we're going, what? And so we literally, for $8, drove out to Menard's bought eight cement blocks, put them underneath the racks. We elevated the racks, uh, you know, 10 inches. And the light bulb went off. And the light bulb went off. And, this, and we were able to uh, put our, our sump on the floor. And we had it done in literally like three hours. So it wasn't a mistake. It was a mistake that you were saved from. It was a mistake that almost happened. So what from I'm a saying, person that doesn't know fish and that's is 16 right. years old. So get other people's perspectives on stuff. Don't think just because your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, that they don't know what you're doing. I mean, if you're if you're pr producing a system, you're making a system, get other people's advice on it. Don't jump into it head first because it's just going to end up costing you money and time. So you got to put on your suspenders and you got to measure twice, cut once. That's you know right. You know what I mean? That's right. This is coming from the guy that I call Stubbs because you cut your fingers off last week. I measured once. And I cut twice. Cut twice. Both cut fingers. Both fingers. Both fingers. Down to the bone. <laughs> Professor Dumbass. <laughs> oh! Excuse me, that's Dr. Dumbass. Dr. Dumbass. <laughs> All right, uh, Adam, what you got? Yeah, go ahead, Professor Peckerwood. <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> this is getting an explicit tag. I guess. It has to. What I, you got, Adam? Well, I'm trying to think here. Oh, oh. if you're trying to think, oh, I got trying, one. You know what? He's trying to think. Right here, we're going to put the theme from Jeopardy. You're so slow. Come on, man. Well, I'm just trying to think of all the different things that I've done that are fish-related that are all right. dumb. I'm vetoing you. I'm going next. <clears throat> Here's what's going to okay. happen. You can get next round. 
So, okay. I'm going to tell you a story. I, about, I was proud of this. So half of this is pride, others learning curve. I bought a small house, my first house, right? I moved into Perm, Minnesota. my first house. I was so proud. I was 21, Jimmy. 21. Bought my first house at 21. Yes. Pop my collar. So I bought a cheap house. Really wasn't cheap for our area. It was still like 102000 You know, it was really small. It was like 44-foot wide lot. I didn't really even have to mow. I basically got out my, you know, shears that I had in the house and just clipped my lawn like a like sheep would. Oh, you're talking about your first house? My first house, right? Oh, yeah. That it's- thing was 1,400 square feet. It was wonderful. Starter home. I loved it to death. And the back, again, this is like, you know, redneck suburb Minnesota, right? So 44 foot wide, that means I had just enough of the house and a very, very narrow driveway with the garage in the back behind the house because it was not wide enough to have a house and garage in the same width. So you drive down this very narrow driveway all the way behind my house to get into the garage. So I had two flower beds sitting next to this very small little patio deck I had. I saw the flower bed and it looked like it was cut into the cement. There was the driveway, there was a small sidewalk going to my um, deck, and then the flower bed went underneath the deck to where the old stairs uh, were against the foundation of the home. So I decided, hey, that's a nice big flower bed. I hate dealing with weeds, plants, and crap. Why don't I just dig that up and put a pond in? Light bulbs went off. I started doing design work, you know, measure twice, cut once. He spent about half an hour designing this, by the way. Half an hour, but I did a ton of work preparing. So I got it all figured out. I'm going to dig three feet down. I'm going to do it right where I'm at. And the one thing I screwed up on, call Gopher State. Doesn't matter if it's your flower bed next to your house. In fact, that's probably the worst place. The main line for my electricity happened to be right there. <laughs> I was like, I was shoveling because I shoveled all this by hand with a buddy. I was shoveling. We're getting like two feet down, just, just about two feet down, a little hair uh, close to it. And just as I'm just about to put the shovel down, it's like, hey, I wonder where the electrical line's at. And as I'm motioning down, I froze. Like, I look down, I move my foot, there's the main line of the house I was just about to kill myself with. That would have been fun. It's live, the cord was right there. So I only did two and a half feet. And then what I did is I had uh, electrical insulation put around the line, I put a tarp over it, so that if the pond ever leaked, it was safe to get on it, because it rains on the electrical line anyway. So I was all safe and well and kosher, but I was like one shovel strike away from being a dead man. Are you trying to convince me, or are you trying to convince your insurance company that you're safe they don't even know i put a pond in my backyard the insurance guy's like oh we're here to assess your house i'm like get off my property (laughs) (laughs) so in the back of my house he couldn't see it from the front so yeah it was pretty great anyways so you know what you needed a titanium grounding probe right (laughs) so lesson one go for state anytime you use a shovel no matter where it's at number two I finally got this pond in, and it was beautiful. I laid a liner in. I had shelving for plants in the water. I had koi in it. I loved this pond to death. It was great. And I had a method to do water changes. I'm in a city. city doesn't know I have the pond. I don't know if there's a city ordinance against water features. So what I do is I just grab a garden hose and detach my pump and plug it into the garden hose and just pump all my water into the street. (laughs) I don't know if that's legal. In the city of Perm, they did not care. The police officer stopped by twice for, because we're right next to, a, we're across the street from a Catholic school. So yep. the police were there at like 3 o'clock, chit-chatting with him. It's like, he saw me do the water. He came over, looked at the fish. He didn't, no one cares. No one no, cares. Not in Perm, Minnesota. So I just dump it out the street. It's got to go to a drain. Well, I'm going to drain it in my house. It's the same drain. Yeah, you're not paying for that. Right, I'm not paying for that. So I already pay for the water. I'm just going to drain it in the same same whole vicinity. So I, I pump it out to the, the lawn. So what you do is when you pump it out to anywhere and you're done doing whatever you want, number one, take the hose out of the pond, right? That's step one. What happens? 
And two, if you're going to take the hose somewhere, make sure to get the water out. So I left the water in and I screwed up and the hose dropped into the pond. So the next morning, I had a very small few inches of water left because it automatically, you know, because my pond is higher than the street, automatically siphoned all my water out and I almost lost all my koi and fish. <laughs> so uh, big mistake, almost killed fish, but I got real lucky again. Make sure you uh, check your hoses. And, and the highlight was 100% water change. They spawned the next day. Had hey. 10 had 10 I wish that was a joke, but they did spawn I know the next they day. Did. I remember that. They did spawn So the if you want, want your fish to spawn, make sure you give them a nice water change. Goldfish, at least. Exactly. That's, that's for sure. Who's next? Oh, Adam, do you think Adam's of something that time? Well, I kind of did. Well, kind of tell us. <laughs> what happened, Adam? So, did you fall off your stump or what? Adam didn't do his homework this week. This week. Are you the one drinking this week? Homework, I just didn't do the right one. Oh, that's right. We decided the last minute to change podcast. That's kind of our fault. It is, yes. So, um... This one time I'm at band camp? <laughs> no, not this one time at band camp. God damn. This is Did it get stuck in the, in the trumpet? Yes. It was a flute. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll... It was, it was a flute for a... Th- it was, where, uh, it was a tin whistle. <laughs> this is going nowhere, man. No, it's not. Are we going to veto you again? Is that what's going to happen? No. I, I don't have anything, so you keep going. I got I got like two more. Do you have two more? Should we finish off with that? Finish you one. got two more. Here's I a- had one. Well, get it out. Trying to. So I was doing, I was just starting with fish, and I didn't do a lot of research because this was the early 90s, and... Law, just, laws didn't matter. He was listening laws, to Barbie Girl. Mattered. Distracted. Barbie Girl? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Oh, God. It's been fantastic. Will you get your story head. out, please, Jeepers? Okay. I, when I first started up again, my fish tanks, because I had fish tanks before, when I was younger, I just started throwing stuff together. I decided that I was going to get convict cichlids and put them in my community tank. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Adam learned that day. So and what, what happened, Adam? What'd you learn? Well, I learned that even if you have convict cichlids, baby convict cichlids the size of, I don't know, a dime, they will kill everything in your tank. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Especially when you don't research anything and you try to put guppies and you think that you're going to have this nice, wonderful community tank and you're only like 12 or 13 and you throw stuff in the tank. What else did you learn about the convict cichlid? Uh, Adam should have listened to the fish guy, Jim. <laughs> And they breed like rabbits. So They breed like rabbits and kill everything. Pickles, Mr. Pickles, learn this lesson as well. <laughs> we haven't heard from Mr. Pickles for a while. Mr. Pickles is living life. You know, he's, uh, he's a busy man. He's a, he's a dill, on, dill on a mission. But he decided <laughs> that he's going to get himself some convict cichlids. Dill on a mission. Immediately, we started making rabbit jokes in Discord. So come to find out, he got his convict cichlids in. He did his homework. He didn't put them with other fish. Good boy. But he didn't do enough homework. He's like, well, why? what are you guys talking about? Well, apparently within the first 60 minutes, they already built a nest and started breeding right in front of them. <laughs> 60 minutes. <laughs> Poof. There it was. And I'm like, oh, new record. I'm like, no, no, no. Normally they're doing it under 30. So I don't know what you're doing <laughs> wrong. Do a water change, something. Yeah. <laughs> quit, quit staring at them and they'll do it faster. Now, if you want like one of the most rewarding fun fish but have no idea how much they'll breed, get a convict cichlid. They... They're a beautiful pattern, and they also have pink convict cichlids. Right, and they're fun, and they're, and they're great parents. 
Fantastic. If you feel like you can never breed a fish, and not even a guppy, convict cichlids are for you. Yeah, get yourself a Cool Whip bowl and fill it half full of dirt and the other half full of rocks and maybe put a teaspoon of water in and they'll breed. You don't even breed. need to do that. They'll do it in a bare Cool Whip bowl. I know. That's what yes. I'm saying. Like, if they're out in some ditch somewhere and there's nothing there but a small puddle, they'll yeah. find a way. Yeah, they're great little fish. Uh, you're going to find out that it's very hard to get a pet store to take your 40 or 50 little convict cichlids because... First of all, not a big call for them. I mean, there is some, but... so No, no, no. You know what you do with them? They make excellent Oscar food. <laughs> Speaking of which, we decided to look up what do you do with your cichlids? And what was the like top form post that we found? Well, if you put them with a little butter and roll them in a nice bread batter, wow. they don't taste that bad. <laughs> you people on Discord, you need to get a life, I tell you. So if you guys like to join the fun on Discord... Again, aquariumguyspodcast.com, bottom of the website, there's a link. Discord is a f- easy-to-use chat platform that we help each other with. It even has voice options. That's actually where we record our podcasts on. Come join us. We're well over 100 users that are active in this community. Very active. Today alone, we had five, six members join. Get yeah. in here. It's, it's a party continually, and we continually it make is. fun of Jimmy. Jimmy has un- unknown oh. nicknames. He's called Arnold. And I thought it was because I was Arnold the Pig from Green Acres. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's apparently they like your deep voice. So it's not a tumor. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. Kindergarten cop, you wuss. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeepers. I only watch the good ones, like Terminator. That was the good one. Kindergarten cop, Commando, stuff Com- like that. Yeah, Commando. Well, hey, before I forget, why wouldn't you go with like Crebenzis? Crebenzis are probably easier to breed, or just as easy as convicts, and then no. they'll actually sell. Yeah, Crebenzis sell pretty well. I mean, they they breed really well, but nothing comes close to breeding as prolific as a convict cichlid no you're right nothing so yeah you, so you have I, one more story jimmy i don't have any more stories okay i'm gonna i'm gonna finish up with mine then i i've not made any mistakes in my life unless you want to talk about my first marriage <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> i got two last ones then did you know the name the cold front that's coming through here in minnesota is 20 below it's supposed to get down to 30 below they named the cold front after my first wife, because you know how they, they're naming like all the storms and stuff. Now they now they're, they're naming cold fronts, and you know I'm naming this next one after my wife because it's cold. You seem so fond of her, and you taught. I do, and now you give her a shout out. I give her, I'm giving her a shout out because this cold front I'm naming after her. It, it's going to be cold front Gale because it's cold, it's bitter, and it's in your face. So I have a question: <laughs> When you're out blowing my driveway, are you? Bl- no, <laughs> that, that sounds. Are rude. you gonna think of her? Is that what's gonna go on? When I was outside, this is all you, Gail. When I was outside snowballing the whole thing, I was thinking about my first, my first marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good cold, to know. Bitter. So I have a bone to pick with you, but we're gonna we're gonna go to something else. Go first. ahead. I got nothing. I had a customer. Yes. That came to me. Yes. And said, "Hey, Robs, these are some sweet fish. I want them." Okay. Well, have you researched them? Yeah. I, they're completely compatible with my tank. I want some hatchet fish, marble hatchet fish. I want these. Making you get them in. Yes, but you need to understand there's some... No, I already did the research. I already did the research. But they're... And they keep cutting me off in the sentence. I'm like, fine. I'm not going to say a word, and I just got their fish. They decided to put these in with no lid at all. So I gave them the bag, float it. I was chit-chatting with them. They crack open. I'm like, you really need... I got this. And they cut me off again. I'm like, all right. You've been cut off before. I just sat around. They released the fish, and while they released it, they all jumped out in one forming school onto the living room floor. (laughs) Whoa, I've never had that happen. I mean, I've had them jump, but not all out at the same damn time. Oh, yes. They had some other fish spook them in the tank when he just released them, and they just shot out. 
like they were flying fish. And they literally flew like a good five feet out or up in the air and let's say seven feet away from the aquarium. It was incredible. It was like, like free willy. Yeah. Free willy. So, you know, more species profile. Do your homework. Hatchet fish need every square inch of the lid taped, covered in some form or way. Otherwise, you'll just suddenly not see them anymore and there'll be little chips on your floor. Sword tails are another big jumper. Big jumper, sword tails. Yeah. When I was down to Florida, we went through a greenhouse and there was one, maybe two, 300 gallon circular plastic tanks that were there and they were covered with a tarp. Only two that were covered by a tarp. I, sa- I said to Paul... As we're walking through, I said, why do you keep the tarp on there? And he goes over and he, he just goes, he goes brum, brum, with his fingers on the side of the tank. And it sounded like jiffy popcorn popping, hitting the top. It, it was full of sword tails. And he actually kept that one down about two feet from the top, this 300-gallon tank, um, two feet from the top. And these things would still jump out. So he had a tarp on there to keep them from jumping out. Because these fish are raised in ponds. And every time they're they're being chased by either a bird or a turtle, or, you know, they jump to to safety you know they can jump out of the water and get get ahead of whatever's chasing them and it was just amazing when when he just tapped the side of this this pond you hear just hitting the top of the tarps and stuff so yeah sword tail's another big jumper make sure that that lid's on tight and even back there where the heater is how many times have you had that area where it's just two three inches uh square and they they somehow get out that door it happens so the last one's a bone to pick with you, Jimmy. Yes, pick away. On our tips, tricks, and hacks episode, you mentioned about building your own sponge filter. Yes. And specifically cutting it out of, you know, your old grandpa's Cadillac seats. That's what you said. Right. So you make these filters, and there's a complete square. To recap, they are a one-by-one-by-one one one tile, right, from bathroom tile. They and then are, you put a square sponge on top of it glued. Yep. They're a four-inch tile, quarter-inch. Four-inch, okay. Four-inch square tile, quarter-inch. There's a hole in the center. Yes. You put a PVC pipe that's cut. So you put your airline tubing in the PVC pipe, and that's how it sponge filtered. Correct. I had one of these for me. Yes. Right? I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like, a sponge filter you can make for 50 cents? Right. How great. So, in my warehouse, we were just setting up. We got a 300-gallon vat, one of a few, and I decided, well, I'm going to start with a sponge filter to get this thing cycled. So I grabbed the sponge filter that I purchased from you and thought it was a great thing because I wanted it to have the design to build my own. It is a great thing. I put it in the tank thinking, oh... It's got a tile on it. It's weighted. That is not the case. The sponge filter decided to float its happy way to the top 20 minutes or so after I leave. And they squirt. And not only squirt, just the PPC pipe was aimed at an angle, <laughs> squirt out, and flooded the entire warehouse. Isn't that great? It was so much fun. The I next know. day I get a call. I'm like, hey, man, there's water, there's water leaking outside of <laughs> your warehouse. I'm like, what are you talking about? I jumped in the car, drove 90 through town just to get to the warehouse, jump in. Everything's flooded, but thank goodness there's a floor drain, so most of the damage was kept inside. But still, I think the 300-gallon vat was missing easy 100 gallons Yeah, all over the floor oh, by yeah. that time. It's amazing how much a, a little air will drive water through a sponge. But yeah, when you start those sponge filters, you definitely want to just put them in the tank for up to a week and keep squishing them down. Don't even put air in them. And that's what I do. When I, when I make them, I'll spend probably a week getting them going. And uh, I have one tank where I probably have you know 20 sponge filters going at all times. And so when you decide to start up a new tank, you already have a uh, sponge filter that's already seated, as they call it, with bacteria, and you just pop it in there, and you're good to go. I did find out one thing on my sponge filter the other day, Rob, that I didn't tell you about. So uh, one of my friends, uh, Kim, 
who is a architect over in West Fargo, North Dakota. Shout out. Shout out to Kim Stokes. Kim gives me um, a whole bunch of uh, swordtails and platies, and he gave me a whole bunch of coolie loaches because they bred in his tank. And I went, cool, I like coolie loaches. So I took them home, kind of- I need to buy some coolie loaches. Yeah. I, How I, did he do that? How, how did he breed them? Yeah, because I did it too, but I want to hear how he did Well, he put on Jim's breeding playlist. Now, it's actually a publicized list on Spotify. You can go to our Discord to find the link. We are sharing it, and it has all of Jim's favorite breeding. Selection. Yeah, he put on some super sexy music, and uh, but he had a uh, heavily, <laughs> heavily planted tank with sand in it, and they did their jiggly jiggly in that tank, and he had all kinds of babies when I was there. And he goes, yeah, I don't know how, how or where they breed. He goes, but I got lots of them. So the other day, I went over and the tank where I, he gave me a bunch of platies and swords and guppies, a whole bunch of plants, and, and these uh, coolie loaches. And I threw them all in the same tank, and I thought, you know, later on, I'm going to go through them and separate them and whatnot. And I had one sponge filter in there that the... Uh, tube the siphon tube had popped out of so it's just a sponge filter sitting in there it was all the the tank looked pretty dirty so i grabbed the sponge filter i went into my sink and i popped out that sponge filter and just gave it a little squirt to to clean it out i had about 25 30 coolie loaches came out of the sponge filter came shooting out into the sink and i had all i could do to catch them all because they were trying to wiggle their way down to the sink but i'm not kidding you that 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 little hole in that sponge filter is the size probably have a pencil and four inches deep and there's 25 or 30 coolie loaches in there just jammed in there that's where they were hiding so yeah these things uh you know you think that you buy coolie loach you put it in your tank good luck you're never going to see it again basically poof poof they're gone until you clean your sponge filter that's right so anything else that we i uh, think we found i think we got a good show going here like- well, i think i think the whole thing is you, you just want to learn from other people's mistakes it's a lot cheaper it's a lot easier there's a lot less crying in rob's house now there is. No, they're still crying. They're nope. still crying. He's still crying about his... How much was that fish? Bite me. Bite you. Uh, it was this many. Wow. I just got the double fingers, people. I wish you were here to see this. But which fingers were they? Mm. Yeah, they were the middle <laughs> fingers. Oh, come on now. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to this by uh, finding your favorite platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, all of them. If, uh, subscribing helps uh, automatically download the podcast, helps our listens. Tell a friend. And if you want to help support the podcast so we can do more than one episode a week, you can uh, go down to our tip jar. It's on the bottom of the show notes of the episode. We have one-time donation or month-to-month donation. And, you know, support our sponsors. They support us. And and please be good to your fellow fish keepers. Go out there, help people, give them advice. Uh, go on Discord, talk. I mean, there's a lot of crazy talk that goes on Discord, but there's a lot of good things that happen. And if you can help your fellow fish keeper, um, make him successful, and it makes us all successful. And that's the only reason we're here, is we want everybody to be successful in doing this. It's a super rewarding hobby. It's easy to get to, you know, discouraged after you lose that first fish. My dad even has a beta, and he lost uh, one. And I'm just, oh, I'm done. It's not for me. Well, no, it's just, it just happens. Here's what you do to fix it for next time. And if you have questions, call me. And now he loves his beta, talks to it every day. Who talks to a fish? My dad. And uh, it's just a rewarding hobby. We all have make mistakes, and that's part of the learning gap. Yeah, but it's all good. And you go on Discord. Uh, be kind to each other. Uh, Mr. Pickle will help you out. He'll tell you how to get those uh, Placos breeding. And Right. I, I see there's people that make fun of me from time to time, and I have thick skin, so that's fine. I will punch you all in the throat. Hashtag didgeridoo is Did- trending over don't, and I hate you for it. Really? People want to hear the didgeridoo. We need more didgeridoo. We do. And and the other thing is, is since my wife and I now own five guitars, I think, I think I'm going to start guitar. I know two chords already. 
two. Two strings, you mean? No, two chords. Okay, good. I don't know how to tune the guitar yet, but I'm thinking maybe I'll get my son to help me, and maybe we'll come on here and we'll do like some dueling banjo type stuff with the guitars. Heaven help us. Lord. All right, guys, let's kick that outro. Thanks, guys, for listening to this podcast. Please visit us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com and listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're practically everywhere. We're on Google. I mean, just go to your favorite place, Pocket Casts, subscribe to make sure it gets push notifications directly to your phone. Otherwise, Jim will be crying in his sleep. Can, can I listen to it in the in my treehouse? In your treehouse, in your fish room, even alone at work. What about at my man cave? Especially your man cave. Yeah. Only if Adam's there. No. With feeder guppies. No. no. They're endless. You midget loving <laughs> sucking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later.